Hello, and welcome back to a very special sponsored edition of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today on the show, I am joined by John Lamentia, who is the managing partner of the law firm Ways Vogelstein, Foreman, Cook, and Norman. They're a malpractice law firm that is sponsoring this stream. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today, this is a sponsored stream, sponsored by the law firm of, John, what's your law firm's name? Yes, uh, good good afternoon, Reed. Uh, it's great to be here. Our law firm's name is Wace Vogelstein, Foreman, Cook & Norman. There's a lot of names, but we're a um, uh, personal injury litigation firm. All right, so why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, John, and we'll get going. Yeah, uh, thanks, Reed. I uh, I grew up in Chicago, uh, went to school in Chicago, went to college on the East Coast in New York, came back to Chicago for law school. And I've been a practicing attorney for 27 years in the Chicagoland area. I represent families of injured persons and specifically for medical negligence cases. Uh, and that's where we come into contact with a lot of challenged or disabled individuals that we try to uh, advocate for. All right. So how did you decide to get into this type of law? I uh, Sometimes when you're in law school, uh, you think you have, I originally wanted to be an entertainment lawyer because I'm. I grew up as a musician and I wanted to to represent, you know, music uh, individuals. But I quickly realized that a lot of that practice is not here in the Midwest. I wanted to be in the Chicagoland area. I got a job working at a firm doing uh, personal injury litigation. I liked what I was doing and it really kind of grew my passion towards trying to help uh, families and people. So that's the primary reason. I practice in an area of law where I can make uh, an impact in people's lives every day. All right. So when did you decide you wanted to become a lawyer? Uh, I, I kind of knew it in high school, actually. I knew that uh, the other jobs that were out there for people were not interesting to me. I came from very basic uh Italian immigrant uh, family here in Chicago. Uh, nobody really went to law school or kind of college really in my family. So I was kind of the first to do that. I, I like thinking. I like jobs where I could use my mind to think. And of course, I like talking and advocating for people. So I think my big mouth got me into it mostly. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are some of the worst cases you've had to deal with? I, I would say that uh, in our current practice, uh, seeing uh, some people that are catastrophically injured for the for their their life uh, is really heartbreaking. Uh, I've I've handled cases where people have died uh, wrong, what we call wrongful death cases that are really sad when someone's taken from somebody too young. Uh, but I, I think the saddest cases I see are the ones where we represent children that have were injured at birth, 
uh, or something happened that has caused these catastrophic injuries and the family and has to deal with uh, them for their life. All right. Now, have you had clients come to you claiming that a birth injury has caused their child to wind up with autism? Yes, uh, several cases. Uh, what usually we see is if there's, uh, you know, we have a high regard for doctors and we know that doctors try to help people and work very hard in the in the community to try to work with either challenged, handicapped, disabled uh, kids. However, from time to time, there are mistakes made in the birthing process. And what a normal pregnancy, if a woman's having a normal pregnancy, you expect that baby to be delivered without challenges. And even if the ultrasound shows there's no, uh, you know, genetic issue with the child, where these instances happen is when during the birthing process, there's negligence along the way that delays the baby coming out, which de can delay oxygen to the baby. Um, and these deficits of oxygen or other vital nutrients that the baby would need coming through the birth process is what can cause uh, these uh, cognitive and motor deficits. All right. So what is a typical day like for you? Yeah, it's um, in the in the morning. I uh, answer emails. We've since COVID uh, has changed the practice of law drastically. But as a litigation attorney, primarily in the morning, we get up, we look at our emails, see if there's any surprises for the day. Then the morning is usually spent in court hearings. We used to do those uh, live in court. Now we're doing them a lot by Zoom. And so I'll spend an hour or two uh, in court hearings uh, representing my clients and the many cases we have, moving them through the court system. Afternoons are spent doing depositions, taking testimony of doctors or clients uh, talking mm -hmm. to family members, uh, doing these depositions. And then uh, the rest of the afternoon will be making phone calls. And then in the evening, I finally get a time to sit down and do the legal writing we have to do. So it's a pretty involved job all the way through the week. Now, have there been any cases that you guys have turned down? Yeah, that happens. That's actually a great question you ask. I just... Um, that's a hard thing to determine because people come to you and they're they're suffering. They have a need. They have questions about what happened and they think they have a case. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, the difficult thing about these cases is um, usually about seven out of 10 of them fail to get a recovery by a settlement or a verdict. And that's because it's very difficult to show medical negligence. So. We try to look at the cases that we know we can provide a success for the family. Uh, sometimes that means having to turn down a case. If we don't have doctors that back it up and say, yeah, something went wrong here, we're, we can't take that case. So uh, we do turn down a fair amount of cases, too, unfortunately. Now, here's a question for you. Have you literally told a client, listen, autism isn't caused by a birth injury it's more hereditary from the parent that passes the gene down to their to you to your child yes and that's a difficult discussion we have because sometimes even if the genetic coding or the pre-birth uh workup of the child even though the family may know there's going to be a challenge uh sometimes a medical decision can be made to try to assist that 
birth so that the order of disability on the spectrum is, is lessened. Sometimes that can't be affected at all. As you, as you well know, I've looked at some of your podcasts. You're very knowledgeable about this stuff. And I would say it's very difficult to determine, but we do count on these, uh, you know, uh, pre, uh, you know, these neonatologists is what they're called or OB-GYN physicians or genetic coding or geneticists. They will look at the, the pathology and be able to tell if something was gestational by genetics or if something was caused because of what happened. All right. Now, you're a managing partner. What is the difference between a regular partner and a managing partner? I think I just have more headaches, maybe, as a managing partner. Uh, the firm that I worked for was started out in uh, in Baltimore, and they decided to open a Chicago office, and that's how I was hired to to as a managing partner. So in that role, regular, well, I wouldn't say regular, but uh, typical law partners are just. Uh, attorneys that have reached a level of experience where they either bring business in and they supervise young associates and they have the experience to handle cases at the highest level. Managing partner adds the role of trying to oversee the office and supervise building a team of lawyers and staff. So I do a lot of administrative work and also practice law. All right. So you don't only just deal in the Chicagoland area then? Right. Uh, our attorneys are, are licensed around the country. We have cases pending all over. I, I specifically am only licensed in Illinois. So the cases I handle are only in the state of Illinois, but we do them all over the state. I have a lot of cases downstate near the border of St. Louis, uh, borders of Indiana. Uh, and we have associates around the country or attorneys that are licensed to do cases uh, in other states. All right. What would you say is the best part about your job? The, uh, the, the, the greatest part of the job is to see uh, a family or an injured victim receive just uh, compensation. And justice in our case, unfortunately, what's happened has happened. Either the, the person is injured or there's a birth injury. There's going to be a lifelong, uh, you know, uh, consequence of... Uh, medical care, uh, therapy, as you know, all of the, the different modalities that try to assist a person to try to have a regular day. When I can, when we can obtain a recovery for that family that will ease their burden or at least make it a little easier, that makes it very, very happy. That's my, that's the best part of my job. And what's the worst part about your job? Yeah. Well, it would be the opposite. That's losing a case that we believe in because, you know, the, our, our justice system is still a jury system. We still have to bring a case before a jury. And even though we may have medical doctors testifying, we believe strongly in the case. The families work very hard to cooperate with us. Sometimes you put a case on and the jury doesn't decide for you. And you have to tell that family that they don't uh, they, they they won't receive any compensation. That's the hardest part. All right. Have there been cases that have like really tore at your heart? Yeah, there's. um I think the cases that tear at my heart are uh, ones where I knew that uh, where we've determined that it didn't have to be that way. Uh, you know, I've handled, unfortunately, some really catastrophic uh, car injury cases, trucking accident, along with the medical malpractice. And 
you know, seeing these cases where uh, family members taken from somebody too young or where we knew that there could if there was a different decision made in the in the hospital about a child that they may have had a different result in life. And that's, you know, I represent I can't reveal Clay cases now, but I represent a, a family that where the child's you know, the, the, the doctors delayed in making some decisions and now that child's going to have to have occupational and physical therapy for their whole life. And that's sad. Yeah, that is sad. Um, how many cases do you deal with on an average day? Yeah, these um, these cases tend to be so large in terms of the amount of thinking and uh, expert work we have to do in the medical field that. We don't have a super high volume. We we can we handle about uh, anywhere from sixty to a hundred cases in our office, um, and that allows us to give the proper attention to working on each case. And they're they're kind of like um, airplanes taken off at an airport. You get a case started and you work on it, but it really doesn't take off until you get it in the court system, and then you know and that's how they kind of go over the years. Yeah, I kind of have an idea about that. I mean, when I had a fight to get disability, I know what the lawyers go through. I mean, I had to wait to get the approval to, from the appeal, then from the appeal, then it's meet for a court case, meet for the case, and then you sit in front with your lawyer. She talks about you with you, and then you meet with the judge. And then even after that, you got to wait four to six months before yeah, you even get an answer. Yeah, it's frustrating. Justice moves slow, unfortunately, in Cook County, too. There's this large backlog. And I agree with you. We need to try to uh, to make the process more efficient for people that deserve it, that, that, that are waiting. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that abuse the system, too, so that they deny people like yourself or other family members that really need the assistance and have demonstrated that they've done everything to, to prove it. So I understand that frustration. I have to tell clients, they call all the time and say, John, when is when are we going to you know get close to resolving the case, get justice? It, it could take three to four years in my, in my cases. It's terrible. Yeah. I think in my case, I think the problem is I look and sound and I could almost do everything except when it comes for thinking because of my autism. I have that no filter issue, and that's what causes me to lose jobs. The court doesn't know this. The judge doesn't know this. The occupational um, person there who says who's trying to prove that I can work at these jobs. I mean, it took my mother saying he can't work there, he can't work there, he can't work there because he's working with people, and that's his biggest issue is he doesn't know when this, what not to say, and what to say, and that causes him issues with work. And that's when the judge finally heard everything and then he awarded me the full the full reward. Yeah. And we we have a long way to go yet. But that read, I think that, you know, your family has been very supportive of you. You have been a trailblazer, even with this podcast. It just goes to show you that just because you're somewhere on a spectrum of uh, autism, that you should be allowed to have opportunity to either receive the discipline. It's not like you don't want to work, but as you say, 
if you have a challenge that you can't overcome, that's part of, you know, that you were born with, they shouldn't have to force you to be put into a, you know, in a specific box. Likewise, they should give you the opportunity. I think the disabilities acts that we've passed in in my lifetime, your lifetime have done something, but we have a lot more work to do. I agree. Anyways, what advice would you give to someone before they seek help from your firm? Wow, that's also a great question. I think um, a lot of people, when they call, they've had a tragedy or they're, they're in a lot of stress about what's going on, either with their baby or their child is hurt or something's happening and they realize it's not normal. Uh, I would tell them the first thing to do that we need to look at are the medical records. So if you're if you think something happened in a hospital procedure or in a in birth process or even in development process, I we represent a lot of kids that have IEPs in school that are having challenges. Uh, the, so the first recommendation I have is if the family can get as many records as possible, whether that be the school records, the doctor records, the therapy records, then we have all of those, uh, you know, evaluated and reviewed by expert doctors. So that's the, the, the biggest step is getting the records and then just uh, cooperating with our office and trying to put the file together. And finally, how can people find out more about you and your law firm? Yes, uh, we are. We have a uh, a website that uh, is an easy to identify, and it's uh, www.malpracticeteam.com. That's all one word, malpracticeteam.com, and that will take you to our firm's practice. You'll see the lawyers in Baltimore. You'll see my staff here in Chicago, and you'll be able to read a profile about me. We you can reach us by email. Our phone number locally is three one two. Nine nine three five seven five zero, and uh, or you can send an email to me, and my email, direct email, is my initials J L at malpracticeteam.com. And that's it. That was John Lamont here, and I'll see you guys in the next one. See you there. Thank you, Reed. You're welcome, John. Have a good one. the way things used to be I'm no big fan of now I must have some sweeter memories somewhere in the cloud to be gonna miss all you had consigned to the dustbins of history like opinions from your dead
talk to the preacher, you can talk to the freaks. You can talk to just about anybody you happen to meet. It ain't what it was, and it is what it is. Time. 